It just never gets old, Barrett. Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. I am Ross Boland, here with my buddy Barrett Dudley to bring you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast packed with laughs. Barrett, it's Saturday. Yes, it it's is. It's Saturday. I was, holding my, I was holding my headphones like a DJ. It feels cool that, like, all right, so me, Barrett and I had this new setup where producer Mike hits the hotline. We didn't, or not the hotline, the uh, the theme music. We didn't used to get to listen to our own theme music before the episode started or whatever, so now Barrett and I hold the headphones up to our heads like... Like like uh, DJs. Or like, music producers. Like yeah. Zac Efron in that one movie with Emily Ratajkowski. That everybody saw? That, yeah. We like all the, watched. The whole world the saw whole it. The whole world saw it. Yeah. And then it was nominated for every award that year. Yes. Yeah, what was yes. that called for real, though? We are your friends, is what I believe it was called. That can't be the. I'm actual. pretty sure that's what it was. We are. Man, your friends. I just remember seeing the preview. And we are your friends. I think that's like a song that plays in the trailer. Maybe. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. I hope not. I hope. I not. did watch. I actually did not ever see that movie, but Nobody I did, did watch the trailer. I like, did see the at trailer. least a dozen times because just the just the it was like it oh it's was a great trailer. It's like watching a train wreck though, like uh, a, like a sexy train wreck. I no, I thought the trailer was great actually. What happened in the trailer, Barrett? Zac Efron is like an up-and-coming music producer, uh-huh. and then he finally gets like this break with this producer, this other producer who's oh, like good. a big, who's like a big-time d- deal. And I think Emily Ratajkowski is that producer's girlfriend. And then like maybe he starts sort of having an affair with her, and so then he like he's got he's got the career finally, but also he's like. He can't have the girl. Oh, man. And then it all comes tumbling down. Bro. And his friends are like, you changed, dude. Bro, you changed. And then there is, and then there's just like some good, some dope ass music drops. Just, Fuck just man. like, just like our theme song just dropped right there. You know what's just, it's and a, I was just, and that's just, you know. We saw a couple of techno shows. What a great like, trailer. Not Did that techno. Tra- that, I just told you the whole movie based off of a fantastic trailer. There was no need to see the movie. No. You, we, we accomplished <laughs> everything we needed to. But we saw a couple of different EDM shows at ACL this year. Yeah. And like, you know when you're at an EDM show and there's some people who are really good at it, some performers, and some you're like, okay. Yep. We had a couple, okay. And uh, it's tough to go to an EDM show and see a DJ and, and, and notice that, okay. And then be like, you know what we could do? Make a fucking movie where Zac Efron is a DJ. <laughs> if it's not even entertaining to go to a show and watch a DJ do that, why would it be entertaining to watch a movie? Yeah. And yeah. then I think they probably got to that question and they were like, we need Emily Ratajkowski. That, yeah. And that movie also came out at the height of like the powers of Avicii and Tiesto and like all those dudes. Like EDM was like the, was the hottest thing on the entire planet. Mm-hmm. That's and true. So, so That's it, was, true. It, was, it, was, it was trying to, to touch the, the pulse of the... The culture Can there. I just read the We Are Your Friends synopsis please, quickly? Please, please, please. Did I okay. get it right? Basically, uh, young Cole Carter. Cole Carter. Zach Efron's Hell name. yeah. Cole Carter, double C. Hell yeah. Dreams of hitting the big time as a Hollywood disc jockey. Disc jockey. Spending his days and nights hanging with buddies and working on the one track that will set the world on fire. <laughs> That's the point where they should have realized this was shit. Yeah. Opportunity comes knocking when he meets James Reed, a charismatic DJ who takes the 23-year-old under his wing. Soon, his seemingly clear path to success gets complicated when he starts falling for his mentor's girlfriend, uh, but, jeopardizing yeah, his new friendship and the future he seems destined to fulfill. I have never read that, 
and I just nailed it. What's hilarious is they spent only $2 million making this movie. I bet it was a million to Zach no and a way. million to no Emily. No way. And then it did 11.1 in the box office, so they made money. $2 million was the budget? <laughs> That's what it says. What? That can't be right. That cannot. No, no. You can't. You can like barely, by you can barely make like a student film for $2 million. Wouldn't Efron cost $2 million? No, he's not. By the way, I mean, I, I should probably just like have another... I should probably have a follow-up to my uh, short-lived hyper-niche podcast. Effies. Uh, and Around. and Around. Which uh-huh. is the only podcast to ever put out that's solely about Zac Efron. Yeah. You can still probably find that on the Grand X Labs archives. I actually. guarantee you can on the internet. Um, I need to do a follow-up because I don't know what Zac Efron is doing right now, but I think he... I, I, something's up. Now, I don't want to say that in like a... I, I don't mean that com- in a, with complete negative connotation you mean personal issues wise no i don't I, I see that's what i don't want to say i think that he is like he's on that he he's on a, a three-year arc of fuck hollywood i'm done with this shit oh i'm gonna go climb rocks and like make little small budget films about camping with cool. my friends and like you know find Art. find the true meaning of of life and he's like still got this weird bleach blonde hair with, yeah. and and he's just like he's just he's looking crunchy as fuck right now and i don't know and it's just a weird i don't know it's just got to find himself dude i guess you've got to go find the next level of weird as an actor so that you can come like look at McConaughey. you think he just woke up like that one day no he went into the forest a whole bunch of times and tried to make indie films with his boys yeah i don't know i zac efron i'm worried that you know he never quite found like the 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 talent core, uh-huh. you know what By I mean. Find or found the talent core, you mean he doesn't possess it. <laughs> McConaughey is just much better than no, Zac. I, I I don't want to. I can't salt my dude like that and just straight up say that he's not a good actor. Okay, no, it's not but that he's he, not a good actor, but he's not there yet. He's definitely not there and to yet. To take the next step, maybe it's maybe the he just needs to. He just it's the wilderness. So this yeah. is. I keep looking at pulling different articles about that movie. It, and my you, point was, I don't think he was. I don't. Th- I don't think Zac Efron has ever been paid well. Like or super like, hot, well, yeah. Like A or B lister, even. Maybe. No, maybe like, for those uh, maybe neighbors. The movies. neighbors movies, he probably got maybe he got a couple million for those. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But yeah, this We Are Your Friends movie. Uh, I see one that says six million dollar budget. That's the highest. Okay. Everything else is we're seeing two. That's that's pretty impressive. And then the headline I'm pulled up right now on Entertainment Online is Zac Efron's We Are Your Friends had one of the worst box office openings in history, <laughs> ever. <laughs> That's hysterical, and that's probably part of the reason that he was like, you know what, I'm done here. Yeah, I'm done. Yeah. I cannot say this uh, enough. Having a good agent to help you make the decisions about which movies you're going to do as an actor is like almost as important as how good you are at acting. Yeah. Also, just more proof that being a childhood star and then turning that into adult success is just like wildly difficult. What and was his childhood stardom? Just those fucking weird movies about uh, like- High School Musicals. High school, school musical. Musicals. He was a Disney star, basically. I thought he was already like eighteen. Was nah, he? Nah, he was. He was young. So that counts like, for sure. Then. Yeah, yeah. He did that one movie. It was like seventeen again or something. Seventeen shit. again. Yeah. A lot of chicks touched themselves in that movie. I, I. That's that's maybe his best film. And me, maybe a lot of dudes too. <laughs> I don't know. Seventeen don't know. again is, is is probably my favorite Zac Efron movie. I think it's a lot of people's favorite yeah. Zac Efron movie, which really tells you where it, he's at. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. That's why he's in the wilderness. Uh, this month. <laughs> On Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles in October, we did our movie club. If you're wondering what Patreon is or how it works, if you want more OCC, we do one episode a week right here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And then we do one episode a week on Patreon that's ad-free and available to the members of the Mollusk Militia and Crustacean Nation. 
This month in October, we did our movie club on Joker. That's available now. Joker! Uh, I don't know why I want to do that every time somebody says Joker. It's just something about the word (laughs) that makes you want to play with it. Uh, The Righteous Gemstones Season 1 we covered in its entirety. We did, we did. In a separate podcast. We're doing Fleabag Season 2, what, next week? By the way, did you know? Did you happen to note the connection between Righteous Gemstones and El Camino? Of course I did. Okay, all right. That guy's awesome, by the way. And he's just playing the exact same character, but that guy's fucking really good. I where, like Where did he cut? He's just he, out of nowhere. Boom. I don't know, but I guarantee On you- On my TV screen. He's going to be that character in a whole bunch of other shit, too. I think too. he probably will be, yeah. He, his, it's his, his face makes you want to beat his ass, and you hate him. And then he also has the perfect voice. Yes. It's like, you don't- you 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 gotta like I don't know how you get that gravelly ass voice. Or maybe he just smokes a pack of Reds a day. Yeah. But it's, it's and he can take it to different levels too. So like yeah. when he's in a normal conversation, it's already kind of gravelly and right. scary. But then when he gets fucking hardcore, yeah. it's like holy yeah. shit, this guy's not playing around. <laughs> so yeah, righteous gemstones. Sorry, sorry to derail. Yes, us. of course. And then to... Fleabag season two is next week. I next believe, week, right? next week, baby. Our hotline call extravaganza for the members of the Mollusk Militia on our ten dollar tier dropped uh, what a couple days ago. Yeah. And then, uh, if you want more succession talk, that is where you can find it. Yeah, it was we basically we did we touched on uh, we touched on a little bit of Fleabag and a little bit of um, uh, the boys, was a Game of Thrones, even the boys, yeah. some Game of Thrones, but it was it was heavy on the succession talk. So if you wanted to follow up to our season one finale of Succession, mm-hmm. that's where to find it. patreoncom cockles. Also, in uh, September we had a great a lot of great shit as well. Also in August, also in July, also in June. And I bring that up because when you sign up on patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles today, you'll immediately gain access to our entire backlog of ad-free uh, podcast and video content, as well as some written content, too. We've got a fun Saturday show for you all today, covering a lot, as Barrett mentioned. Uh, Netflix is El Camino. Finally going to talk about it. We've actually got a great Breaking Bad slash El Camino-related news story I'm going to bring up as well. Okay. And then HBO's Watchmen premiere. And then we're doing an actress for the first time with, a, with for our top five for another A-lister. Yeah. Exciting stuff. The, yes. This episode of OCC is also brought to you by Lisa. I think Lisa, uh, one of our longest running sponsors, makes what is, in my opinion, the greatest mattress in the entire world, most comfortable bed I have ever laid eyes or body on. It is uh, your, your mattress is the most important purchase you can make for your home, right? In front of your television, right? Your living room television. The most important purchase is your, your master bedroom mattress. And Lisa makes the best. They know how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. And to Lisa, a bed is more than just a place to sleep. It's a place for relaxation and rest. All of their products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you actually want to spend time in. Their most advanced luxury hybrid mattress is the one that I have. It's made with premium foams and springs for enhanced pressure relief with edge-to-edge support. Thoughtfully designed with the best of both worlds. I've had mine for about three years now. It is unbelievable. In fact, I can't wait to get home to my house after we record here today so that I can get back into that bed and enjoy the rest of my Saturday. Lisa believes all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation, and as such, they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. They donate one mattress for every 10 they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. And to date, they've donated more than 33,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses are made in the USA. In-home delivery and setup is available. Financing is also available. Don't miss out. Clam fam, live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off any mattress for a limited time at lisa.com slash dragon. Use the promo code dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. Promo code dragon. Let's talk some El Camino. Okay. First of all, when did you watch? I watched one hour of it last night, mm-hmm. and then I watched one hour of it this morning. That's what I did. 
Great minds. <laughs> Actually, mine was one hour two days ago and one hour this morning, or like okay. 30 minutes this morning. It was, right. I finished it off this morning. Yeah. Um, I guess let's start with the general expectations we had going in. Okay. And, um, our, and our place as Breaking Bad fans. What was Breaking Bad to you versus what it was to me? Sure. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I, I, I was pretty surprised by El Camino. Is, this is not exactly what I expected. So I'll, I'll say that straight off the bat. In what way? Um, so let me let me rewind real quick. Mm-hmm. So I, I was not like a like a bleeding edge Breaking Bad fan. So I was catching up on the seasons on Netflix like right. before season like five I five I think, and then five was like split into those two uh-huh. separate you know drops. Right. Right. Which like, I think it was five. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I like wrapped up season four just in time for like that, you know, season five to come on and then was live for basically, you know, those last like five or six episodes or whatever it was. Got it. I'm on record as saying that Breaking Bad was n- was not my favorite show. Right. It's not in my top five. Yeah, it was. You found it to be from a general societal perspective, a little overrated, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that that was due not to the filmmaking, which I thought was like top notch. And I think Vince Gilligan just, you know, had incredible control over that show and, and is a brilliant filmmaker and and screenwriter. I I, I didn't, it's always hard for me when I do not like a single character. And so, right. Just to compare it real quick, the way that succession makes me empathize and sympathize with characters that are scum. Breaking bad never did that for me. I never liked Jesse or Walt hmm. and that was, and that, and like, that was a hump that I found hard to get over. Yeah. You and I have probably had this conversation 10 times over yeah. the years and I've never been able to make sense of it, <laughs> but this is how it goes. So you, people have different um, opinions. I will also say, so El Camino starts and I let it do the little recap thing, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't think Breaking Bad is going to age well. Really? That, that recap like was almost cringeworthy to me. Wow. I think, dude, it just, for whatever reason, Breaking Bad is not your bag. Yeah. It's just odd. I didn't feel that. So, um, okay. So, now on to El Camino. To counter that, one of my top five favorite shows of all time and... Uh, top three? Would you say top three? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I can't say top three. Um, yeah, I can. Top three. Top three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nope, it's top three. Also, I will also, I'll also say this. It is a show that I would like to revisit. I, I feel like I should go watch it again. I feel like you need to watch it at another point in life, though. Yeah. And hope that you're wrong about it aging poorly. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I think you... Okay, here's the thing that worries me. Vince Gilligan's other massive success pre-Breaking Bad was mm-hmm. The X-Files. Now, yep. obviously, that was a lot more dependent on sci-fi uh, CGI to create the weird aliens mm-hmm. and shit, and this was in the 90s before the technology existed. It aged like uh, a fucking human. <laughs> it's aw- like it aged like shit. It's awful and it's fun. And I know, I know, X Files fans adore it. My dad being one of the biggest ever. I think my dad would have murdered my entire family <laughs> just to have like ten minutes with uh, Gillian Anderson. I'm not kidding. And now I Dude. think I would murder my entire family. Yes, for Scully, with Gully Anderson. is is up there, man. And it's been twenty years, and yeah. I would still make that decision. <laughs> but uh, no, for X Files, I went and rewatched it like five years ago, mm-hmm. and holy shit, 
it is tough to get through. Yeah. Because, and that worries me a little because Vince Gilligan obviously Sci- judges. Sci-fi is especially difficult. It's, it's a tough, it's a, it's a different deal. Yeah. I, I have never had that thought about Breaking Bad. I, I, I didn't, I didn't either until that little recap and I was just like, this show doesn't look great. And that, it's just, a, it was just a little recap too. What was like, it even? The re- what did the recap should just ship from the big, from the yeah, show? It told you like the story of Breaking Bad in like two and a half minutes. I don't even think I watched that. Okay. At the front. Yeah. I wish I had. You could hit. You can hit skip recap. So maybe you did. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I did. All right. On to El Camino. Here's why it surprised me. It's been several years, right? I, right. I can't remember what year Breaking Bad ended, but it's been five years, something like that. Something like that. I'll right? look it up. Yeah. So I kind of had this feeling that the Breaking that that El Camino was going to stay with the time. Six years, September 29, two thousand thirteen. So yeah. almost. So uh, I I thought that. El Camino was going to do more of like what it, what where's Jesse now, as in like that much time has passed. Yes, let's like, jump forward right. into let's the jump future. forward here and like see what Jesse is up to and maybe do a little bit of how he got there type stuff. Got it. Instead, what we got was basically two more episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. All about Jesse and right after the end of Breaking Bad. It essentially, it, and I appreciated that about this. I, I, I'll say this. I didn't go in having any idea what it might or might not be um, based on the trailer or the teaser, actually. I don't even know if I ever watched a trailer. You didn't get much. And I never really wanted to know, so I didn't yeah. look into it at all. Like I was just like, all right, I'm, if, I'm, if we're going to do this, if I'm going to trust Vince Gilligan and Aaron Paul to take what, in my opinion, is one of the best TV shows ever made mm-hmm. and try to continue to roll with it, which is a very, very dangerous and stupid thing to do that most people <laughs> cannot be trusted with, Yeah. then I want to go in blank. And so I did. And I, I appre- here's what I think happened there. They sat down and they were like, look, I think we both, maybe it was Aaron Paul who was like, my career has fucked <laughs> since Breaking Bad and I need, I need a win. Help me. And maybe Vince Gilligan was like, let me see what I can come up with. But I think they thought through it and were like, this needs to be, if we're going to do this, it has to be done simply and it needs to be very straightforward in what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I think yeah. when they came down to it, they were like, why don't we just make it, a, we pick up right where we left off and we tell how Jesse gets out of this, basically. Yeah. Yeah. How does Jesse end this chapter of his life? Yeah. And and I from that perspective, in its simplicity, this is a very simple movie. Yeah, very plot yes, wise. Yes. It is literally one linear thing. Well, and that that's I, I, you know I call it two episodes like that mm-hmm. because I I you know I hit pause last night at right at about an hour and three or hour six minutes. Yeah, and it's like that's half the movie, and Jesse had basically just like found the money, found Todd's money. That was it. Right. Like that's that was one episode. Is him going to. Going and tracking down the money, Todd's money. Yes, for the purposes of trying to get the fuck out. Yeah, and then the second episode was him coming up with more money and executing to, to pay the dude the escape. To yeah, to to make the escape. Yeah, yeah. So was, so so uh, yeah, I was with that. Um, I thought that uh, so Skinny Pete and Badger were were characters that I, I was not in or out on. In Breaking Bad, okay, I thought that Badger they were... Badger was like one of my favorite comedic elements. Skinny Pete was all right, yeah, to it's, me. It's in uh, the it's, show. It is just it is so hard, and I don't know why this is. And and I'd love to think of an example that does it well, but trying to make like the like I, let, let me let me think about how to say this. <laughs> trying to make wankster characters mm-hmm. believable on screen is exceptionally difficult. 
Yeah, but they also made it like kitschy on purpose. Right. And it always was that. Like yeah. Jesse as a character, that's always why you didn't like him too. Because it's not the version of it that we know as dudes from Houston who have seen a million guys like this. It's a weird Albuquerque, Vince gilligan up version of, yeah. of that character. And it's one that I think for you like always struck you as false. With Skinny Pete and Badger especially, Jesse is actually the best. Ver- they, they do Jesse pretty well, I okay. think. I loved, for whatever reason, I thought Badger was phenomenal. Skinny Pete was always the one that bugged me a bit. And then yeah. I thought it was interesting that in the movie, Skinny Pete, as a character and that actor, is much more um, confident and like has more like bravosi. What's the word I'm looking for? Like bravado? Yeah. Than yeah. he did in the show ever. Right. So, like, when he starts talking, I'm like, yo, did Skinny Pete like get a come up between <laughs> the last episode and now? Because he's like full of confidence. And yeah. Like, yeah. He's like he's not not like such as he's not so crackhead out yeah yeah, yeah 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 he's not such a crackhead it was a little more like coherent uh, speaking of which in terms of changes like the one thing that was very noticeable about uh, noticeable about this movie and and from the get go we get the scenes with like Jesse screaming and all that shit and then yeah. he's obviously uh, uh, scarred up all over his face with facial hair and he's a mess and they got footage from the show that they were able to use but mm-hmm. then the, anything they filmed new Jesse's got about twenty pounds of muscle on him. Uh, Muscle, fat, who's to say? Well, there's a neck there. There's a neck there, yes. A very noticeable <laughs> neck. Very, very, very noticeable. And it strikes me more as workout neck than fat guy neck. But I don't, I don't, is it that he's thick? With he's two C's? Got, he, yeah, yeah. Weird. So How'd th- that happen? This, this was also- Do you know? I don't know why you would know. No, but this, but, but I'm glad that you noticed too, because everybody else, I thought they were able to kind of like- bring back real men to their to their six years ago look right they were except for jesse yeah it didn't work it did that was that was this was again one of the reasons why i kind of expected them to fast forward a little bit so that we weren't trying to believe a 35 year old aaron paul versus 29 year old aaron paul and i don't i don't know if those are the actual ages uh-huh. but uh, I, I mean we're like we, we are right in the thick of that and i this is like this is where it happens Right. This is where you go from being young to not being young right. anymore. Right. It's like this like early thirties zone. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And um In your opinion. In my in my personal opinion. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's in your fifties, but okay. <laughs> and uh and yeah, he he's he's gained a little weight, whether it's muscle or fat, I'm not sure. I figured it was like for another role that he was having to beef up for or whatever, but it's like possible. Couldn't have planned this like, shit different where he could have meth down back to Jesse because like the neck bugged me. It, it, that was the clear, that was the telltale but, a- but, aging. Side. But as you said, they did seem to do a really good job of reeling everybody. Nobody else did I look at and go, oh man, they changed too yeah. much. It mm-hmm. looked a little funky. Yeah. Every other character was solid, including uh, Todd Alquist, the the Jesse Plemons character uh-huh. mm-hmm. that I was, I was excited to have him as the, he's sort of the first episode, if you will, right. the first hour of the yeah. movie's uh, central bad guy. And he's so good. He's unbelievable. I, I, like I, we talked a little bit about, uh, we talked about how Homelander, you, like he's is so so hateable, and I, yes, I compared dude. him to Joffrey. Yes, Jesse Plemons as Todd Alchrist is like right up there with those guys. I I cannot. Like, he makes my blood boil. He's such a believable and hateable sociopath. Yes, yes, because it's he has the uh, like the, the shit him talking about his cleaning lady and shit. It, dude, he's yeah. on, and it was that way in the show. He was like, I don't know if you remember this episode, but the one thing about Todd I always recall 
is the episode where they're out there. They're trying to do the train track heist, the train mm-hmm. heist, and Todd shoots that little kid. Right, yeah. And it's when things start to spiral. And for those of you, like, this was the thing that my dad forgot. Like, Todd is the reason everything goes down. Yeah. Todd is the nephew of the big bad guy that inevitably kills Walt and causes this whole thing. And it's the guys that, the crew of which Jesse ends up cleaning up the end of at the end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Todd was sort of the catalyst to all of the things that unfolded the past couple, last couple seasons sure. of Breaking Bad. And he was a sicko, dude. Like, and he he fucking killed it. Like that guy, Jesse Plemons. We raved about how good he was in uh, Fargo. I think Fargo as yeah. well. And he's basically playing the same sort of character. And it's like, I don't know. There's something about him. I need him in more movies. I really so like watching I, him. Act. I, I was looking up Jesse Plemons about halfway through, just you know, because because he's so good as Todd, and just like one. Good job on this guy for being like, I'm a funny looking character actor type dude. And I'm going with And it. I'm leaning in. Because I'm the belly. He he's a weird looking guy. Hell yeah. He's got like this wide, kind of like flat face. He's kind of a ginger. And let's and let's just give him also the you know, due props because does hasn't he tied down Kirsten Dunst now? Is that the case? I knew they were date I believe he has. Yeah. So good you know, good job by you, buddy. God, yeah, he's really, really doing it for himself, isn't he? <laughs> he's a very strange-looking man. He is. And, and then when he puts on the weight, mm-hmm. he starts to look really funny. But I think you're right. He found that, like, look, this makes me look distinct as shit, and I'm already a very dis- He sort of has this cool slant on the way he puts his characters. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just makes him stand out more. But I really like that guy. Yeah. Um. So, uh, back to Skinny Pete and Badger. I, mm. I kind of was... Chuck- He's in The Irishman, by the way. I was kind of chuckling at them. Not Skinny Pete. Jesse. Jesse, yeah. Uh, Jesse Plummins, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of chuckling at them in those opening scenes, you know? Yeah. It, it was okay. It, it was didn't- just Breaking bad That was basically fan service. Yeah. Those those conversations, yeah. But... um. Playing video games and shit. But after that, I, I like... I, I, I'd say I got into this movie. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, again, surprised at how kind of just like immediate it was after the end of Breaking Bad. Yeah. And literally that scene to the next one. I surely would not call this a necessary coda to the show. Coda. Being like a little tag on the end. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't necessary, but now that they have done it and I have watched it, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and I, I see. I'm, and I, I don't know how other Breaking Bad's bad fans have felt. I think I saw a little bit in our mentions when we asked uh, the Clam Fam kind of for their thoughts. Feel like most people I saw were putting this in like the seven to eight range, which I think is fair. So the, the it, I'd say eight point two was probably the average. I saw B minus. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and um, you know, for me as somebody that wasn't so attached to Breaking Bad, I definitely wasn't like a you know. I wasn't like, oh man, they really, they really went out and ruined. This. So for me, Breaking Bad being as important as it was and as good as it was to me, I I had that fear, and they com- this is a huge win because to get a B or a B plus or a B minus even out of this movie is the goal. That's the goal. You're not trying to make an Academy Award winning. This is that look like you said. This is two episodes of Breaking Bad stacked on top of each other to close off the series and rake in some cash for Gilligan and fucking. Aaron Paul. Yeah. And they did that. And they didn't ruin anything. It would have been nice if there wasn't so much neck. But other than that, that's my really, my only complaint, dude. His neck was my only fucking complaint. I thought they did a good job of giving Breaking Bad fans a little more without ruining anything of it. But 
in terms of big things, we confirmed the death of Walter White mm-hmm. via radio news at, at the beginning-ish. Um, the whole premise of the movie is Jesse's escape, right? Right. And uh, it, it, we'll just briefly run through, through some of these plot points. So he ha- what he has to do is go find, he's where Todd has money. He has to go find that money in order to try to b- pay the vacuum guy price to escape to Alaska. We've known about the vacuum guy since the show. Can I ask you two, question, two uh-huh, quick questions? Uh-huh. Because, you know, this was six plus years ago. Yeah. We're supposed to know who Vacuum Guy is? Yes. So at one point during the Breaking Bad series, Vacuum Guy became an option. And Walter was going to use him at one point. Does Walter use him? Is that who gets him out to wherever the fuck he was? Yes. That is who gets him out to the wilderness where he was. Yes. Vacuum Guy. Okay. And then Jesse at one point refuses Vacuum Guy and doesn't pay, which is why in this fucking movie, Mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, you actually owe me 125K for the last time. Gonna need double that, buddy. And then he's like 8,000 short or whatever and has to go murder people to get it. Yeah. yeah. Which was... Sometimes it just happens, man, you know? All those hey. people need to die. <laughs> Everybody in that warehouse was scum. They, they they all needed to go. Okay, second quick question. Sorry. I, no, I'm, do I'm, it. I'm do interrupting it. the plot points here, but... I have notes. Can, can you remind me really quickly how Jesse ends up trapped in, in a cage attached to welded metal uh there like at the end of breaking bad so it, it i can't remember the exact specifics around it because i didn't go back and do a rewatch and i also did no prep for this movie like mm-hmm. people were like go back and watch this episode or like aaron paul posted this is the only clip you need to watch before you see it. And i was just like no nah, i'm just gonna go fucking watch it yeah um no but the gist of it was this he was kidnapped by those hillbill todd's hillbilly crime family and held captive in an effort to, I believe, get either Walter to work for them. That was always one of the angles people were using, or at least that the, the they, they cartel say, they was They say using. in one of the flashbacks here that that they that Jesse's going to cook, I think. Or they were getting Jesse to cook for them. Yeah, whatever. It was either Jesse cooking or trying to get Walter. I believe it was the former. Jesse was supposed to be their, their next cook. Okay. And then... And he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do anything at that point, no. And then uh, Walt has to go out there and save his ass is the decision that he makes. Which is at the very end. And that's when he frees him and dies and yeah. Jesse drives off in the El Camino and yeah. this movie starts from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But th- I mean, that's the gist of it. I don't remember the exact specifics. And that was one of the questions I had for myself during this movie. I was like, what happened to the, how did he get, and then what? <laughs> you know what I mean? There yeah. was like a yeah. lot of, uh, but it really didn't fucking matter in terms of whatever. I will go back and rewatch Breaking Bad in its entirety at some point. I still haven't. I've hit episodes here and there, yeah. But it's one, uh, every other favorite show of mine I've ever had. I've I've rewatched, and Breaking Bad is is it is stressful, bro. It's really <laughs> high anxiety. It's not super super enjoyable most of the episode because right. it's it's very 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 good, obviously, but it's super stressful. Yeah, and uh, I also appreciated that this movie was not that. At yeah, no point yeah. was I like. Everything is on the line. You know what I mean? I was like, I could really give a fuck what happens here. I'm going to enjoy it no matter yeah. what. Well, I mean, Jesse has nothing to lose and we kind of like feel that. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. if he dies, it's so over. what? Yeah. And he right. knows that. It, it, a couple points. He's like, I'm fucked if I don't actually yeah. get this done. So no, if you want to kill yeah. me, go for it. Um, Todd and, and, and Jesse rolling Sonia, the cleaning lady up in his carpet was, it was a classic Breaking Bad moment. Him were, stopping to get his belt? Yep. Dude, oh my God, dude. Oh my God. There's like four or five moments in this movie that were classic, like 
uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, not genuine, just like fucking perfect Breaking Bad moments. Like yeah. so on brand, the kind of moments that made the show so good. Uh, and there was a handful of those. One of them was when they were rolling her up in the carpet for yeah. me. Um, what else? So Jesse goes back to find the money Todd hit, hit in the encyclopedias. And uh, what what happens? Oh, the, the he's talking about, what's the dude's name? Todd's uh, uncle telling him nothing's better than cash on hand and he rips the whole fucking apartment apart yeah. and then it ends up being hidden in the refrigerator and then these two cops show up and then they're not cops yeah. and it's our boy from the Righteous Gemstones and then that other dude. Uh, that was a nice little twist. I didn't see it coming that they weren't actually um, cops. I did not either until, well, you know. Until he says you guys aren't cops? That's when it hit me. I was like, Actually, oh my God, they're not. Yeah, when they when they start tying him up without handcuffs. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah, but, yeah so yeah. you're right. I didn't see it coming. No handcuffs? Um, weird move. I get, Okay, I guess Jesse takes that move there to like be like, freeze bitch, because he knows that they're going to tear the whole place up too. I guess. But like, if you if he thought that they were cops, which he did, it seems like you'd try to like hide and wait them out. Well, doesn't he initially? Doesn't he like run back into the kitchen and try to hide or something? Yeah, and then but then the guy's like reaching down for the oh, pill, the and pill that's bottle when he pops out, freeze and he bitch. like cocks the gun. Yeah, it was, like, he, I think he figured he was gonna get seen right there no matter what, okay. and it was like time to make the move. Maybe so. Uh, Jesse seeing his parents on the news through a window as he scours Todd's place was like sort of this heartbreaking moment to even remember that he had those parents and. Like, uh, just because I, when I was a teenager or whatever, I was such a fuck up that it was like a total disaster for my parents. There was always something like uh, relatable about that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that element to like being yeah. a parent and there's always the chance your kid could end up like this total and utter fuck up no matter what. And uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And Jesse telling his parents like, this wasn't y'all's fault. Like everything about this is on me mm-hmm. was a cool kind of like conclusive moment or whatever. If you remember back to the show, there was like this funny element where Jesse's little brother actually ended up being kind of a piece of shit too. <laughs> Not a piece of shit, but he smoked pot or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesse took the the blame for him when it wasn't even Jesse's or whatever. Takes that joint and like throws it out in the street. But there was just all, it was such a fucking good show, Barrett. You need to rethink it. Um, <laughs> oh man, what, what? Oh, another funny thing. You know how they take Sonia, the cleaning lady, they get her rolled up in the carpet and then they throw her off the balcony? I did mm-hmm. that with a Christmas tree once. <laughs> I couldn't get the Christmas tree out the door. Yeah. I lived yeah. in the third story of my apartment complex, so I threw it off the balcony. Doing that with a human body would be absolutely horrifying. It was terrifying with yeah. a Christmas tree. Well, you know, doing anything with a dead body would be uh, unsettling. I am aware of that, as I have once encountered a dead body. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to yeah. CPR a dead body. Changed my whole perspective on shit. Are we positive that that guy, did he die? He died? He, I f- he was dead when I found him. Oh, he really was? Oh, bro. He was a dead body. He had pissed himself. Wow. It was a corpse. Wow. Yeah, I had to touch it. And he he just died right at his car? So he was clearly like, it was it's a slight uphill slope in that parking lot, bro. This was a fat guy, probably in his like late 60s, maybe early 60s. I couldn't tell. He looked awful. He was dead. <laughs> He'd been dead for 20 minutes or so. His face was fucked. It was awful. But he clearly didn't take care of himself. And he was like walking to his car and just had a heart attack and fucking died. Good and then, Lord. And then God was like, you know what would be funny is if Ross tried to bounce from work a few minutes early without anybody noticing. And then he found a corpse in the parking lot. <laughs> I told that story on the Ross Boland podcast at some yeah. point. You can go find that if you want to. Anyway, um, what else? A couple other things. So, 
blah, blah, blah. The guys aren't cops. Jesse ends up three-way splitting the money with those dudes, which they estimate is like about a million dollars in the fridge, I believe. And then they go yeah. their separate ways, and Jesse remembers the Righteous Gemstones guy because of his welding truck. And the Righteous Gemstones guy has that moment where he's like, I was wondering when you'd remember me. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ones where you're like, this guy's really good at being evil. Yeah. Because you really want to fight him right there in that moment. And then we start to see the, the ways he was involved. He, right. he helped build the fucking Jesse hamster wheel running back and forth thing that yeah. they set up in there or whatever. Um, and I think he was one of the guys that tortured Jesse as well, maybe? Or that was the impression I was... Maybe he didn't torture him. We never really get the torture scenes, do we? No. Because he's got whip scars on his back, bro. They put him through a lot of shit. Yeah. I'm not clear on why. That yeah, the, I need the, to go back and watch. The, that was that whole thing was like the one thing that I wish I had confusing. like remembered from Breaking Bad yeah. is like how I, what happens? They think he's a rat somehow because he wants to like stop, and then I, I can't remember. I just I wish I remembered. Yeah. How he ends up like in the hands of Uncle Jack and Todd. I just want to, I want to remember why they're so horribly mistreating him. I get that and they wanted why, to make yeah. meth, but right. why are they like, they're also yeah. like actively mur- killing the guy? I don't know. Mike, do you want to jump over here and yell into my microphone about what, or you have a microphone. You can do, you can just turn on yours. Oh, I can do that. Yeah. Do you want to tell us what we're wrong about so far here? Uh, no, you're, you're kind of on the right track. Yeah. Um, That's the, good. That's all we need. <laughs> kind of. The deal was that um, This Walt, producer, Mike, by the way. Hey, Walt was supposed to train- um, Jesse Plemons to make the blue meth for Uncle Jack. Okay. And then Jesse Plemons is such a fuck up. He doesn't know how to make the meth. It keeps coming out green or brown. Because he's a dumbass. Yeah. So he decides to kidnap Jesse and Jesse tries to escape all the time. So there's all these, they don't really show you much, but they start okay. to torture him and hurt him. So he won't escape. Okay. And then they threaten his girlfriend. And the and, child. And the child. And they kill the girlfriend in front of him. Yep. And that's when he pretty much becomes submissive. Damn. Yeah. Okay, I forgot. Yeah, they have that picture of the girlfriend right. and the child. And they're, and they're gonna and and that's Todd's big threat is that they're, he's gonna go back and see the kid, Brock. Right. Damn, dude, I totally forgot about the dude. That show got really messed up at dude, the end. So that so also the Todd Todd killing the girlfriend is one of the things they show in the recap. Mm. No shit. Yeah, I, I really should have watched that recap. Yeah, I gotta stop pressing buttons. And that's when he and he's like and he's all <laughs> socio style about it when he just like is like standing behind her. He's like, it's not personal. Oh, I dude. just want you to know it's not personal. Fuck. I'm like executes her. He's a guy that he's one of those dudes, just like you said, Joffrey. If I saw him in the street, I'd be like, <laughs> I want to say hi and great job, but I also kind of want to punch you and run, <laughs> just so I'll have that one punch for the rest of my life. Like I punched that motherfucker. Um, so Jesse goes to the vacuum guy. Finally, after all this, he mm-hmm. has to murder all the the, the, the he's cap it. They they have this western like standoff where they're going to draw pistols and then Jesse has a second pistol. Yeah. He cheats. Smart. But he does blow that dude away. Yeah. Yeah. Like he puts a good six rounds into that dude. Okay. Can we talk about the, the, the shootout, the immediate follow up where none of them can hit each other. Jesse goes from a marksman who hits all six rounds in the guy's (laughs) upper body. And then he can't land a single shot on the next guy. Well, then I think he's with the 22. I think he's trying to No. Well, eventually I, I, catches him in the yeah, head. Yeah, because because he gets him in the head. It, he so gets, it must it must still be with that. But little. I mean, they're ten feet away from each other. Pop, 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 pop. Yeah, Nobody's and the hit. one guy cannot. Yeah, they can't hit shit. Can't hit the backside of a barn. And uh, look, I think this was last week, but I, I, it might have been on this show. Might have been on RBP. It's it's been a long week. It's Saturday. Ooh, ooh. Uh, 
I was talking about how hard it is to shoot a pistol. Was that yeah. A, okay. So I feel that. No, no, no. It, that, that's also Dumb and Dumber, great pistol shooting scene where he make yeah, and no, you're and, a horrible shot. <laughs> I'm with you. Like like <laughs> shooting a pistol is not easy. Right. Aiming is very difficult. Yeah. You have to be a very well trained gun person mm-hmm. to like hit targets at the gun range. Sure. Oh, sure. Well. Oh, sure, hun. And now we're like in a you know high adrenaline situation where you're trying to hit a moving target like it makes sense that these shots would be kind of going all over the place right but we just saw jesse like drop the dude with six shots to the chest like, da, 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 da. Yeah. that's why it was like okay wait what how why did you, how can you not just like hit this dude yeah maybe the adrenaline of like having them shoot back and forth at each other i, I don't know what again it was moving it was, it was a moving target at that time and yeah. he like had time to kind of like aim that pistol in his jacket yeah, right yeah. at the dude and then stand there you know sure well he gets but, the money uh, gets but the extra still, money. It needs. was like jarring to be like, "What? These guys aren't hitting each other." Yeah. <laughs> bah, 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 bah. That was like me playing Modern Warfare last night. Um, so he finally goes to the vacuum guy, right? He tries to figure out which vacuum guy it is first, and finally he just takes a shot at it. Yep. He goes in. The dude's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Blah blah blah. We push comes to shove. Well, because he sees like, the red van outside. Yes. So he's yeah. able to identify that as the one that showed up the last time. Yep. And. The, as I said, the guy demands, look, you didn't pay for the prior time when you turned down that service. And then Jesse ends up, what, a 1800 bucks short or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Minuscule amount of money. Turns out this dude doesn't give discounts for any reason no, ever. No, which is kind of a dick move. It was a little annoying <laughs> that he actively refused to give him any type of price break. Yeah. yeah. Sir, you're receiving almost $250,000. Yeah. This is a yeah. quarter of a million dollars. You can't give him a slight, maybe a 10% coupon. <laughs> You're a vacuum guy. You'd think vacuum guy would have some bargaining and some wiggle room yeah. there. It was, he, he couldn't give him less than a 1% discount. 2,500 would be 1% discount. That's fucked. Yeah. But also, it's the principle of the thing, I suppose. Well, here's the deal. It's not as if Jesse's going to do this deal, then go to Alaska and write a Yelp review. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, what yeah. do you have to, just give this guy a price break. No one's ever going to know. There should be a, bl- there should be a black market Yelp, though. There should be. Yeah. I feel like that's, it existed and it was that dude. Silk Road. It was Silk Road <laughs> and now he's in prison forever yeah, yeah. because of the, because of the murders and the hitmen and yeah, the prostitution and the sex trafficking and the, it did, a lot of bad things happened. Oh yeah. Oh, but yeah. also some very good people got their heroin that needed it <laughs> at some point, I'm sure. Um, so the guy ends up calling the police on Jesse at one point and Jesse, that fucking scene was so good where yeah. he's like. I know you didn't actually call the police, bitch. Like, you never hang up on the police. They ask you to stay on the line. And you knew the car was going to roll up behind him in the window. And <laughs> yeah. then it did. That was another great Breaking Bad moment. Um, Jesse calls his parents. They want him to turn himself in. And and he tells them to pick him up from a park. And it's this really touching moment. And then you figure out, oh, it's just so he can break into the house. <laughs> just one last time. But it yeah, was good yeah. to get that moment with him, like, telling his parents, like, it's not on you. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like when you guys like sent me on a ski trip, and yeah. then just so you could break into my house and smoke pot in there over spring break. It's almost the exact <laughs> same, except we weren't trying to escape from the police. Except the police did actually show up. Yeah, yeah. See, and then so many parallels. There were kind of a lot of parallels there. <laughs> now, except that I escaped. Um, we all did. Well, temporarily. Then we got caught. We didn't really get in trouble for that. No, no. Uh-uh. You were just pissed for like four days. Yeah. Yeah, Barrett went on vacation, so we broke into his. <laughs> so we broke into his house, and we got fucked up because that's what you do in high school—you do stupid shit. Uh, sorry to the Dudley family; that was very inappropriate. 
Um, I can't imagine now that I'm 32 and I own a house, if I had a kid and I went and I took that kid on vacation <laughs> and then I got a call from the police saying that that kid's shithead friends had broken into his house to get high to my house. I don't even know what my reaction would be there. Yeah. I don't even know what I would say. I'd just be like, this Plus, is... double-edged sword. What What if they break into your house and they smoke your weed? That's the real thing that I'd be worried about. It's like, fuck, can they find my stash? It's going to be a different problem than the one your parent... Actually, they could have been thinking that. I don't know. Shit. What up, Jim and Charlotte? Um, so, uh... Yeah, so he, get, he gets... He doesn't get any money there, though. He only gets the, the, the guns. Right. But then he goes back to those dudes... Yeah. That, that, that now they have a stripper party going. Candy and, welding. And that's when it's on and he has to kill them all. And uh... Ross, do you think that the, it, it feels like a movie and TV trope, like blue collar guys hanging out at their place of work and getting strippers in blow? Is that, do you think that that is, give me like a percentage that that's just movie shit and, or a percentage that that actually goes down? Okay. So it's tough for me because like my version or my view on the world is, is clearly skewed as like. I feel like as a white dude who's focused on partying for 20 years, I think that number's way higher than it is. Like most of the blue collar uh, white dudes that I know, yeah, they get down like that. Okay, all right. Like they don't fuck around and they're they're mostly more scummy and they're like, they're strip club people and they fucking love strippers and it's like the work hard, play hard mentality with none of the morals or values attached. So, So yeah, it goes down. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I don't. But the thing is, I'm I'm like, because I want to say like fifty percent of those type of like blue collar dudes. Yeah. I, well, I I don't mean like I don't mean to put a percentage on them, like the number of them that get into that. Oh, okay. I meant like I, my my question was poorly phrased. I just meant like, do you think that's oh, yes. more of a movie trope or more of a no? That's a thing. Like pulled from real life. That's a that's or, definitely a thing pulled from real life, okay. and I think. Uh, just like the more blue collar of a dude you are, the more likely you are to find yourself in situations with strippers. <laughs> just part of the way it goes, dude. Shouts to our all our blue collar listeners. Fuck so. yeah, absolutely, man. We have quite a few of y'all actually. Um, what are we? What collar are we? Uh, white. Yeah. Not. I mean, not really any, but but more white collar than blue collar. Like I, we don't get our hands dirty. Don't wear a collar unless I'm forced to for like a yeah. wedding or a funeral. I mean, white collar is like typically thought of more as like your bankers and your lawyers and your oh, doctors. Definitely not that. All that, but it's but in this, but we're in the media age now, so it's like tech is basically a white collar job as well. Media is a white collar job. Can we pick our own color collar? You wear a pink one. I don't give a shit. Okay. Okay. I'll think about this. But the uh, the, the, the original <laughs> distinction was like basically like working in an office versus working like in a in a yes corporate setting warehouse or or corporate setting factory versus... or manufacturing or you know industrial type stuff. Right. Like those are the yeah 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 yeah. Uh, we get a Walter White flashback in the end. We do. Did you expect that? I I did, I did not. I... I, I didn't think we were going to get. Uh, Brian Cranston. Cranston. I had seen a clip of them transforming him back into Walter White on Instagram, and that kind of ruined that surprise for me. Yeah. Because I could tell it wasn't from back in the day. Brian Cranston seems like a really just great dude. He really does. I hope he is. He he seems to be down for all... You know who he kind of reminds me? He's like John Hamm in a way. A little bit, yeah. Like totally down. Like he does not... Just because he was, um, you know, uh, Walter White... Or just because John Hamm was, um, shit, what's his name? Madman. Yeah. Don Draper. Don Draper, thank you. Um, you know, they like, those were kind of 
all-time Pantheon TV characters. Hell yeah, classic TV characters. Put those guys on the map, made them pretty big stars, and yet both of them are like totally down to like do cameos, come back for the little shit. Do shit for the people, yeah. Do, yeah, like show up Fun and like- Fun roles. Sh- funny or die shit or, or random comedy movies. Dude, like, that Brian Cranston movie with uh, not Seth Rogen, the weirder one. That, James Franco. With Franco yeah. was really funny. I really liked that movie. <laughs> and it's like, it. I think this is the first time I publicly admitted that, but I've watched it twice. <laughs> I don't know why. I just really like that movie. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. So just I, it, it definitely not surprising that Brian that Vince Gilligan was like, "Hey, yo, Brian, you want to do this?" And he was like, "Hell yeah, yeah." No, those guys are a pretty tight knit group. I think. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see those guys together again. I thought it was funny that Jesse uh, Walter suggested Jesse or Jesse told him he wanted to study sports medicine, <laughs> and Mister White's like. How about business and marketing? Maybe we go with that. That's just such a generic, like, I don't know, maybe like I'll be a sports agent or like I'll do sports yeah. medicine or something. Uh, also that Mr. White had forgot Jesse graduated from high school. He's like, yeah. you were on the stage when they handed me the diploma. Why yeah. would I need a GED? I thought that was a well done scene. I liked that they let, it was nice to see Aaron Paul kind of find that early Jesse character uh-huh. again, like ab- that he was yes. able to go there. I liked that a lot. That was a very cool element to that scene. It was kind of like you said, like Skinny Pete, like kind of had this like difference to him. Difference to him, yeah. No, for sure. I love the line from Walter. Uh, You're really lucky. You know that that you didn't have to wait your whole life to do something special because it just kind of was a reminder to how this all began. That a high school chemistry teacher diagnosed with cancer after taking X amount of lumps from life finally breaks and decides, "Fuck this! I'm not playing by the rules anymore. I'm getting mine." And Jesse and him are in completely different phases of life. Jesse's a kid who just graduated from co- or high school, rather, and is trying to find what is it that I'm going to do in this world. And then, and then he finds out it's going to be meth. Um, but that it was just a nice reminder of like, yeah, Jesse did do all this early on. Mm. He does have an opportunity to go to Alaska and with a fresh identity, actually live a life another 40 years or so or 60 years even, man. Like, you don't know what he could accomplish. He could have a fucking family. Um, and in the end, that's exactly what he does. Vacuum guy drops him off in Alaska. Uh, we close out like with a flashback of Jesse talking to his old heroin addict girlfriend, Jane, which was cool that they sort of mixed her back in there. Um, on- honestly, the ending kind of felt like a whimper to me, just like him driving and smiling. But I guess it was what it needed to be. I don't know. I, I just- was I was okay with that. It obviously mirrored the end of, of his Breaking Bad arc where he's screaming where he's yeah. screaming yeah so like it was like a night it was he and, found his peace he got yeah, out this was meant to resolve that in the first place so sure. it, it was just kind of like reflective of that yeah and, and again i have to appreciate the fact that i didn't hate it yeah that they could have done an ending that made me go no and this i was like okay the real the real surprise is that jesse pinkman after years of just having i mean F minus F the worst possible style choices you could possibly make. Yeah. Then goes himself out and gets a handsome off, you know, cream colored fisherman sweater to wear on the, on the truck out to, uh, to Alaska. You know, he's got the fur hooded collar. He's popping off, man. He looks good. He looks great. He looks good. That was a fashion statement. I like that. He started to develop a little bit more fashion taste. Season one, Jesse was the trashiest right. dresser yeah, of all he time. Yeah, he does like start wearing like more like the leather money, jacket type stuff. That's, yeah. He goes black leather. Yeah. And that's that's the move for him, yeah. yeah. Uh, rate the movie overall, Barrett, if you would. I'll go first. Uh, like I said, didn't try to do too much. I, I, I completely ended up agreeing with what I'd seen basically on Twitter and on our Patreon and whatnot. B minus to B plus, somewhere in there. Accomplished what it needed to. It was a fun little continuation of Jesse's story. 
could have almost just been a one long ass finale episode. You could look at yeah, it that way yeah. too if you want to. And it had a lot of those cool classic Breaking Bad moments that I was looking for. Again, without tarnishing any of the reputation of the show, which for me is a top three, top five show of all time. And that was very important. So this is a big win, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think B- minus is fair. Uh, it was an en- it was an enjoyable two hours. Yeah, wasn't the c- coolest or craziest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, but it was a fun time. Sure. Ready to move on? I think so. Uh, oh, oh, well, my one last note here is I just looked this up. So Aaron Paul is forty now. Whoa! And so that's just the neck of a forty year old, and he's like <laughs> trying to play a twenty two year old or a twenty five year old. Yeah, whatever it 30 is, thirty year old, thirty. Yeah, probably. Okay, that that that's what my neck's gonna look like in eight years. <laughs> Shit, man, that's not good. That's going to be really off Better base. keep doing that yoga. My neck is going to be four feet thick, like Jesse's <laughs> is in the movie, and my legs will still be three and a half centimeters wide, which is going to be very off-putting. Anyway, today's episode of OCC is also brought to you by Quip, makers of the greatest toothbrush in the history of oral hygiene. This thing is crazy good. It's going to blow your mind. The first time you brush with Quip using their built-in two-minute timer that buzzes every 30 seconds to ensure you achieve a full and even clean, you're going to finish that brush sesh, and your brain is going to be mush because your mouth is going to feel so clean like you just left a very very good, gentle, and loving dentist. I've been on Quip for a couple years now, maybe a little longer. This thing is too legit to quit. A fantastic sponsor and supporter of OCC. Make sure to use the code at the end of this read. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean, new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something you actually want to do twice every day. It is a thoroughly enjoyable part of my morning and evening routine now. And I'm not joking. It will make your mouth feels so much more fresh and so so clean good habits to live a healthier life form fresh oral healthy habits with quip quip starts at just 25 dollars, and you'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash dragon this is a simple way to support our show and start brushing better but you have to go to getquip.com slash dragon to get your first refill free go right now to get quip quip getquip.com slash Dragon. So I had a, I have I found a story. It's a Breaking Bad related story, Barrett. Here's your headline. Okay. Breaking Bad fan who dissolved cop's body in acid is found dead in prison. Oh, good lord! Wow. It's not dark, is it? Is that too dark? Well, you know how there was the scene in Breaking Bad where yeah, they where dissolved they do that the body acid. in acid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some idiot tried to do that in real life to a cop. Oof. And he got caught, and then he got killed in prison. I I would say like. I don't want to say anything. Um, anyway, it, it, th- this Breaking Bad guy, he met someone, he met someone on a popular, on, on Grindr, the popular gay dating app. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a cop, I believe. And then he dissolved that man's remains in acid. And uh, this guy got, it was a British police officer that he met on Grindr. And he was uh, murdered in a London prison, I Oof. believe. Yeah. But here's the interesting part, that he admitted that, uh, well, first of all, he said he was actually killed in a sex game r- gone wrong, but he admitted that, hold on, I'm trying to find the good the good. Oh, he admitted here. that the cop was killed in a sex game gone wrong. Yes, but then he also said straight up that the way he decided to get rid of this guy was inspired by Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brizzy, a crystal meth addict who had lost his job as a web developer, admitted being inspired by Breaking Bad, a crime drama about a high school chemistry teacher who turns to cooking methamphetamine after he is diagnosed with cancer. In one of the series' most unforgettable scenes, White, the protagonist, and Jesse Pinkman used acid to dissolve a drug dealer's body. So, an actual meth head in London that was a Breaking Bad fan 
killed a cop, mm-hmm. and then tried to go that route. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Sounds like we should cancel Breaking Bad. It sounds, yeah. And all the video games and movies yeah. really as well. <laughs> this is, a, I've just had enough of like people being inspired by uh, what they see on the screen. You know? Yeah. It's just, no. it's just sad. It's weird. This actually brings us to our next sponsor. Today's episode of OCC is also brought to you by one of our, uh, it's Truman's. Nothing taught us the importance of, of good cleaning supplies like Breaking ah, Bad. Yeah, that's true. That's uh-huh. very true. Yeah. So when I'm walking down the cleaning aisle at a grocery store or whatever, it feels like a complicated chemistry lab and you're surrounded by hundreds of different cleaners for different surfaces. You wish Walter White was there to help yeah, you. Yeah, sometimes it's almost like cleaning is as hard as cooking meth. It is. It is as hard in, in many people's opinions. Yeah, there's just too many chemicals involved. It's a pain in the ass and I'm sick of it. And that's why I'm excited to introduce you to Truman's, the coolest cleaning company on the internet, probably the entire universe. Truman's is decluttering the cleaning aisle with four non-toxic cleaners for your entire home, shipped free to your door. This stuff's incredible. The way it works is super cool. I got my first shipment in probably a month ago, their starter kit, so that I could try all four of their cleaners. And this is way, way, way better than anything you're going to find anywhere else, and it's seriously changing the world. To get started, you order your Truman starter kit. You can try all four non-toxic spray cleaners for 45 days, risk-free, plus free shipping. So the Truman starter kit comes with four reusable bottles, for amazing refill cartridges and special deals on their refill plan, their non-toxic sprays feature an all-purpose kitchen cleaner. That's number one. Number two is a glass and technology cleaner. Number three is an all-purpose bathroom cleaner. And then number four is a floor cleaner that works on all hard flooring surfaces. By just adding water to Truman's refill cartridges, you'll reuse the same bottles. You're saving space. You're saving plastic, you're saving money, arguably the world, and that's why Fast Company honored them as a world-changing idea. Tackle all of your home's tough cleaning needs today the smarter way with Truman's. To receive 50% off your Truman's starter kit, visit trumans.com and enter the promo code DRAGON at checkout. That's T-R-U-M-A-N-S.com, promo code DRAGON for 50% off your, uh, your starter kit. Truman's, a better cleaning experience. Okay, let's do uh, let's do top five Natalie Portman movies, shall we? Top five, top five, top five, top five, top five. Um, our first female, our first actress that we're doing for our top five. Who have we done so far? We did Denzel Washington. We did Leonardo DiCaprio. We did Jack Nicholson. Did, did we do? I don't think we did do. Leo. No, did we not do Leo? No, we didn't. I just made that up. Yeah, we did Denzel. We did Jack. We did, no, we did Jack, Jack Nicholson. There was we somebody did. else. There was somebody else. Uh, who cares? We're not Matt doing... Damon. Ah, man. Matt Damon. Yeah, now yeah. we're now we're doing Natalie Portman. By the way, I have a great promo uh, social media clip created by one of our interns of you and I just doing Matt Damon <laughs> over and over that I'll put up later today. So now we're doing Natalie Portman, who she has been at it for a very long time as well. Now, see, she's a child star Another... that is, has really, you know, just made it work for herself. And flourished. Just really flourished. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you know she has dual Israeli and American citizenship? I did. I don't know why I found myself on her Wikipedia the other day, but I think I, I was just reading. Uh, I did read that recently. And like, you know, Natalie Portman is not her original name. Her, no, she was born in Jerusalem, actually. Yeah, yeah. So she's, you know, um, yeah. There's actually a sect of her fan base that believes she is the reincarnation of Jesus Christ. That's not true. I just made that up. Oh. <laughs> Jesus yeah, was born, born in Jerusalem. Uh, Natalie. You sinner. Natalie Herschlag. So very... That's sexy. She's, you know... Yeah. Well, everything about her, I guess, is sexy, but she's awesome. I love her quite a bit. Um, Let's talk about her best movies ever. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, we brought up Star Wars earlier. We might as well touch on... Yes. Natalie She plays Queen 
Amidala? Amidabele? Demonibili? Something like Yeah, something like that. Those yeah. movies that she was in um, were, were truly terrible. They were... Um, she was maybe the only redeeming part, and she was terrible, too. Hot garbage, yeah. Yeah, her character was shit. Uh, I'm sorry, Star Wars fans. I know there's some of you who are like... Her character, like you said, was okay. The movies <laughs> just overall... <laughs> stinkers. There was no good elements to those three... Mo- oh, you know, double-sided lightsaber for uh, Darth... Darth or, Maul. Darth yes. Maul? Yeah. Cool with that. That scene was tight. Pretty much everything else was a disaster. Jar Jar Binks, maybe the worst movie character ever Jar Jar created. Binks, those movies... Misa Jar Jar Binks. Sans Jar Jar Binks, I think would have been, okay. been looked at in a totally different light. It really was that one character that sunk the whole ship. Can you can you just... Like, we, you know, we laugh about how stuff gets through at studios. How that got through. But, like... I, and I don't. I know there was 2003 or whatever it was, but yeah. who, who the hell thought that was okay? Probably George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever watched a George Lucas interview? He's yeah. like one of those genius dudes. It's like, he doesn't get it. Yeah. There's shit about it that you're like, okay, George. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, okay. Anyway, uh, but yeah, she's done a ton of great movies. I'll say this. Definitively, inarguably, there is no decision to be made here. My number one is V for Vendetta. Okay. From Natalie Portman. Um, I fucking love that movie. I've seen it probably 10 times and uh, she is phenomenal in it. It's just a super, super cool. It's another like twist on it. It was like maybe the first twist on a superhero anti-villain type of fucking deal that I had ever watched, like in terms of big budget movies. Mm-hmm. And it kind of came out of nowhere. It was just really original. Mike, was that inspired by a graphic novel, V for Vendetta? Yeah, it was. It I was. I think it was uh, Alan Moore who did The Watchmen. Oh, thank you. And uh, I, I loved it. It was just sort of the first that style of movie I'd seen. And then she crushed it, of course. Everything about it was phenomenal. But that's my definitive number one that there's not an argument around. Okay. Um, but to go through some of her like random roles. Annihilation is one of the more recent ones I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it in theaters. Did you? I, I did not. It was okay. I've heard really good things about it. If you like sci-fi movies, yeah. it is a fun-ass sci-fi movie. Yeah, I would like to see that. Um, I, I recommend watching it if you catch it on HBO at some point. The dude in that movie that plays her husband or whatever is a great actor. He's also from the newer Star Wars, speaking of Star Wars. You know, do you remember the movie Brothers? No. Okay, it's about like, it's about it's Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, the first Spider-Man guy. Toby, Toby, Toby Maguire, Toby Maguire. Yeah. And Toby Maguire goes off to war to serve as a Marine. And then Jake Gyllenhaal stays behind and he's like a drifter who just got out of prison. Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. okay. He like falls in love with, with, uh, with his brother's wife and they think the brother's dead. Right. And then the brother comes back yeah. and it's called brothers. It's fucking tense. Saw it in theaters. It's all right. Anyway, I just felt like throwing that one in there. Uh, Mars attacks. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Haven't seen that in 25 years. <laughs> she was in Mars Attacks? You know what I put on here? Zoolander. She's oh, in yeah, five yeah, seconds of yeah, Zoolander. Yeah. Great cameo in the Zoolander. The incredible line about like, what, what did she say? If there was one thing that was going to deter me from a relationship, it would be that he's probably he's too, too good, good looking. looking. That would be the one thing. That would that, deter me from yeah, a relationship. Yeah. That's the line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> phenomenal. Um, so that counts. <laughs> did you see Vox Lux? I've not seen Vox Lux. I need to watch it. Now, I did see Closer. Okay. Closer was one of her, widely considered to be one of her great, better movies. Very good film. The Thor movies. We got to mention, we got to mention Garden State. Of course. Garden State, Black Swan. Black Swan. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Um, The other Bolin Girl, which is just a movie I never saw that's been, people have said it a thousand times. Special props to Natalie Portman because I always appreciate actors there and there are just some of them that have it. 
they just have the SNL gene. Mm. And where Nat- they can do it. Where they can just do it, and they do it really, really well. She's one of them. And Natalie Portman is one of them. Yeah. Whenever- most most famously with the the uh, her rap, her yes. Lonely Island rap, where she yes. like breaks a chair over Chris Barnell's head yeah. and like <laughs> talks about doing drugs at Harvard um, is <laughs> one of just like the all-time digital shorts. And she's the one that was in Harvard when Zuckerberg was there. Was she not? Maybe. I'm pretty positive. There's a point in uh, the social network where they make a joke about about, he was the most famous person on campus, including an A-list actress. That's right. And they say who was the actress and they move on. Well, it was Natalie Portman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, she also just has a few other sketches that just like stick out in my mind as really, really funny ones. Um, So she's a great SNL actress, so she can do comedy, which is great, which I love. You mentioned the Thor films. So interestingly enough, you know, she was kind of rendered as like the damsel in distress in that Thor movie that she was in. And then, uh, it, it, I, so I've not seen, I saw Infinity War, I have not seen Endgame. She is credited in Endgame, so I think she pops up again. But what we do know, what we do know, is that Jane Foster, her character from those Thor movies, is now cast again in an upcoming Thor film in 2021 where she is playing Thor. I saw that. Like the way that, however the way the hammer works or whatever, like she becomes Thor basically. And has the hammer. And can control the hammer, which did you, did you see uh, the, the most recent Thor? Um, I've seen no Thors. No Thors? No Thors. So the first two were, the, the first one was okay. The second one was not very good. And then they like finally kind of like figured out this character, Taiki Waitita, Waitita. I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, directed this most recent one is okay. called uh, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Thank you. Yes. Is that actually correct? And it, yeah, I just made that up. No, Thor Ragnarok. I, and it's I like just invented that word. And in it's like brain. a really kind of like goofy, funny, really fun like action superhero film. Okay. So I, I'm, I expect good things from Love and Thunder. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Leon the Professional, Jackie. Is another great Natalie Portman movie that I saw in theaters where she plays Jackie uh, Kennedy, obviously. Uh, what else? Beautiful Girls Heat was on her list. Was she in Heat? Mike, can you clarify? If yeah, she was like as a, a kid, right? She was a kid. She was yeah. somebody's daughter. Okay, just for the record, not a big fan of Heat. I'm not sure why. I only watched it once and I remember what? being like, dude, I don't know why. Heat is amazing, Michael, right? man. It should Come be on. right up my alley. Yeah. It's like it fits perfectly in with all the other things I love. And watch it, just, it again. It makes no sense. I need did, to you ever it see, did you ever see a movie called Hesher? No. With Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I don't believe so. Mike, what was, what did you? Yeah, it was like a vanity project with uh, Gordon Levitt playing like a, like a guy who just sits at home and listens to Metallica all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. The, the cover looks like Slasher almost, like a, like a metal. Oh band. yeah. 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 He okay. was like a big metal fan. It was like a comedy drama about that. Okay. okay. Yeah. He appears to have a tattoo of a stick figure blowing his brains out on his stomach. <laughs> the, the character Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt plays in that movie, which is, that is neat. But, uh, you know, we touched on Garden State. I feel like Garden State is what set off, you know, a million, a million crushes around uh, around the world. Oh, indeed it did. You know what I mean? Indeed it did. Like her sitting in the doctor's office and handing Zach Braff the uh, the Smiths mm. record on the headphones is just, it's like... It's a classic moment. I- iconic. Iconic moment, indeed. I'll, uh, my, I'll say, number one, V for Vendetta. Number two, Black Swan. Number three, Jackie. Um... Number four, Brothers. Number five, Zoolander. Those are mine. There you go. 
Brothers is in there. I don't know why, how, or why. <laughs> it's just, it just, you know what? That's not fair. Remove Brothers, put Garden State in. It's just been too long since I've seen it, so I feel weird putting Garden State on my list, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you ready to move on? Let's do it. Shall we? Today's episode of OCC is also brought to you by Vincero Watches. You are not going to find a sexier value in the watch industry. I have their Rogue in black and rose gold. Pull it up on VinceroWatches.com. Check it out. The Rogue. Look at it right now. Go and look at it. It is beautiful. You must behold it. Elevate your game with Vincero's handcrafted luxury watches at an unbeatable price. Seriously absurd price point for what you're getting because Vincero provides bold timepieces, always putting quality above all else. Whether you're looking to make a statement or just add a staple piece that you can wear every day for whatever reason. Vincero has a watch for you. If you want to change it up, all the Vincero watch bands are interchangeable. Best value in the industry, exceptional standards. Vincero exceeds expectations in both style and quality. I'm honestly in awe of the quality of their their pieces. When you get one of these things, when it arrives at your door and you open it up, it's going to blow your mind based on the price point. And it's blown the minds of over 16,000 others who have written five-star reviews over their Vincero watch. Get your Vincero watch today. With a special offer just for our listeners, go to VinceroWatches.com, enter the code DRAGON at checkout for 15% off your order, and worldwide shipping is always free. That's VinceroWatches.com, promo code DRAGON, V-I-N-C-E-R-O Watches.com, promo code DRAGON for 15% off and free shipping worldwide. If you're not a watch person, Christmas is coming, you're not going to find a better place to buy a watch for the, for the, the loved one in your life that needs to know what fucking time it is. You know the mall already has Christmas decorations up? You're kidding me. It's not even Halloween. It's October 26th. They already have like the garland and the Christmas presents and going down people going down the elevators. Why the mall is dead. <laughs> That's why. V I N C E R O watches.com promo code dragon. All right, Watchmen series premiere, Barrett. Yeah. Uh I don't even know where to start. This was if speaking of El Camino not being what you expected, this really wasn't what I expected. How so? I didn't have expectations. <laughs> <laughs> So I went in basically uh, basically having seen the movie Watchmen. And Mike, I'd like if you could actually chip chip in here some for Mike Mike sure. does a podcast called Who Pods the Watchmen. Um, here at, Mike is our producer at Permanent Record Studios. Uh, and is a huge, huge Watchmen guy that knows a lot about the background and the lore and shit and all the comic or the graphic novels. Excuse me. Graphic novels, not comic books. You can say comics, it's fine. Can you? People yeah. don't freak out. That felt like a thing that I'd get stabbed by a nerd for. Yeah, um, I, won't, I won't stab you. I appreciate that, Mike. I'm too far away to show. stab you. We only have a few <laughs> minutes left. Anyway, so Mike has a good amount of information about this. I only had seen the Watchmen movie. I was a huge fan of the movie. I thought the movie was badass. Again, a great twist on the, the classic superhero tropes and shit. And I just thought it was incredibly well done and fun. And so I was looking forward to the series. And episode one definitely put me in a place where I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Episode one is, um, uh, like you said, when we've talked about on the podcast, the trailers were super vague. They were confusing. We did not know what to expect. The only thing that really... It's Damian Lindelof, dude. This is what he does with trailers. Right. He's an asshole. And the only only (laughs) thing that stood out in the trailers that was like recognizable from the original Watchmen graphic novel that the film was based on was we could see some Rorschach masks Mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. So you wondered. So you wondered. What's the angle going to be there? Yeah. What what is the angle there? The only other thing I noticed was that there was... The, the very distinct Watchmen yellow, the mm-hmm. yellow that the Watchmen text is in in the movie, and yeah. that the, the, the pen that the, the comedian's wearing when he gets murdered or whatever that has the blood drop on it, um, that I noticed in the trailer. If you, like cops had it on their faces or right. whatever, and I, it was They're the other thing the I noticed. Yellow. Yeah. yeah, that mm-hmm. color. That color was the other thing. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, 
re- really went in not knowing what to expect. So what we got is a continuation. This is 30 years after the end of Watchmen, basically. Okay. And so, so this the is, world this has is, continued on. This is playing around with the canon of Watchmen, but like we're but but it is it's after the fact. But isn't so this is so we're not really going the our main people in this series are are not going to be any of the characters really that we remember from right. the graphic novel. Well, okay, so but like like Mike, let me ask you a question. Mike, that it's Tulsa 1921 on the show, I believe. It opens in 1921. Yeah, there's a flashback. Okay. Yeah. So then we flash forward from there. Right. Yeah. To 30 years beyond. To 2019, yeah. And just to be clear, the the show is a sequel to the comic, not the movie. Not the Watchmen movie. Right. Because in the comic, um, it ended with Ozymandias um, creating this giant squid that killed millions of people. Okay. And in the movie, they didn't use that. No. So that explains the squids Mm -hmm. raining from the sky. Right. Which is the weirdest part of episode one for me is that I was like- why are there and the, and also just to elaborate more, the squid was also a hoax, right? The squid was a hoax. It it was it did happen, but the um, the main line in the or the lie in the comic was that the squid was an interdimensional alien that came to destroy us, and the idea was if we have an alien threat, then the entire warring nations of the world will come together and work together just yes. like in Independence Day right. you okay. know and fight the alien and it'll create a better world obviously that didn't happen but the squid was created by a man on earth so yeah. it was real but it was a hoax in a way okay. so it did it did kill millions of people oh, yeah. Though, right at the, yeah. yeah yeah so why is it raining squids now we don't know apparently Yet. there's some residual Squid weirdness still happening yeah. in the world. I'm looking even though forward, that squid was killed in the comic. I'm looking <laughs> forward to seeing how they explain the squid rain. Yeah, because that's yeah. so far the one thing that I was like, <laughs> I need, I need to know what how. This I like makes how sense. it's just an everyday occurrence. Oh fuck! Here comes the squid, dude. It's Lindelof. Yeah, every show he does, he mixes in these elements of normalcy yeah. that, that, as a viewer, you're like, this isn't normal at all. There's squids raining mm-hmm. from the sky, sir. Well, he's he's calling it. I mean, he. He says that it is a sequel to the comic lore, uh-huh. but he's calling it a remix. A remix, right. Which makes yeah. sense because it's a real thematic remix because in the comic you had obviously the vigilantes dressed up as superheroes. And right. in this, now it's the cops right. who are dressed up as, yeah. as heroes. So that yeah. was sort of the cool twist that I didn't see coming in terms of like the setup here, right? Is the cops are the good guys. And Maybe they are. They still well, they still work in totalitarian ways, which sure. is interesting. Yeah. But they're they are are they the watchmen of, or Probably. is it hard to say? You know what I mean? It, it's hard to say. It's hard to yeah. say. Yeah. I would agree. But they do have, um, they do have the cult. They have the masks. Mm-hmm. They have some of them that dress up differently than others. Our main character, the actress, uh, whose name is now slipping my mind, but she's Regina from- Regina King. Regina King. Thank you very much. Um, she's worked with Lindelof before yep. on- uh, Leftovers. The Leftovers, which ended up being phenomenal. If you never watched it, I really loved it, especially seasons one and three. Um. And yeah, she's a she's one of the police that's mm-hmm. uh, that's going to go in and and uh, be one of our, our main character Sis- for the series. Sister Knight. Sister Knight is the, her name. The yeah. Um, yeah, obviously we open on so that that scene that they show in Tulsa in 1921 yeah. is is a historical event. It's called uh, Black Wall Street. Got it. And so that is quite 
an explosive scene to open a show with. Very quickly, they show us they're going to um, go full blown. There's a lot of race, a lot of uh, societal, yeah. cultural shit. They're going to attack. And you, you as you know, I trust Damon Lindelof, but you got to be able to back that scene up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, y- y- you show us something like that, like there better be a reason for oh, it. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Uh, and I, I think that we'll, we'll, I think we'll get there. I think we're well, we're going there at at the end of this episode with obviously with the big kind of like shocking the little black boy from the beginning Game is, of Thronesian. Uh, you know, ending there. You mean Black Bran? No, I mean that they kill a character that we think it, that I thought was going to be like with us for the whole. Oh yeah, yeah, series. yeah, yeah. Um, I started to get a little suspicious of what was going to happen with that dude. Like three fourths of the way into the episode, I was like, "Wait a minute, are they gonna are they gonna pop this guy? And he's <laughs> not going to be one of our main characters, movie? yeah, because he's yeah. a super famous and one. Yeah, Don Johnson, man. Yeah, he's incredible. Um, what just uh, more broadly though. I really enjoyed. Look, man, Damon Lindelof is an incredible. As another, we talked about Vince Gilligan. Damon Lindelof is just an incredible master of his craft. TV maker, and what he is. This first episode, even though it left a lot, also asshole to be answered. Uh, you know, very, very kind of open ended, very broad. We don't really know where it's going. We don't really know what it's about. No, I don't have the slightest it, fucking clue. Uh, but I, I just liked some of the questions that it kind of like it ended, and I was thinking about stuff. I was like. You know the with the the cops who need permission now to, to get, get the guns, guns out, bro. That is some cool like, shit. That's and you we and that is worth thinking about. It's like, well, that makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense with the way cops currently treat their weapons. Sure, but is that where we want to go? Well, we're but like, then we cop, see where, the effect. exactly. Can't get the fucking gun out. Panda won't sign off. On, why is he panda? By the way, why is he wearing? That's a just panda? one of the weird. That that it's just like one of the weird like like you said with the squids. It's just like Graphic, a quirk that makes yeah, yeah. this like slightly out of reality. See, and the more of those they mix in, the more I'm like, I like this. I yeah. like this. Yeah. Also, I had a panda that I slept with from the age of uh, zero days old. It was literally put in my crib the day I was born until like 14, and his name was Mr. Bear, and he still exists. And uh, and I am having trouble with the character named Panda being in the show. <laughs> Robert Redford is president for the last 30 years. Um, on the show. Yeah. Okay, that just slipped my mind. <laughs> That's what yeah. I call the and and he, oh yes, dude. What he is, the he fuck? is obviously given reparations back to the African Americans, yes. which they call Redfordations. Yeah, or that moron does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that because he was mispronouncing the word? No, no, no. That's like a. a it's like a slur. Oh, because Robert Redford it was the president that I'm really slowly putting this together. Here. Did them. Yeah, but I'm doing it. So it's very it's pretty hyper focused on like the rate, the race relations. I, I've read some stuff that indicates that it doesn't that that is not actually like these the main focus of the show and that it kind of starts expanding a little bit more. Can I say thank but it was God. A, it was a certainly an it, it, like I was watching this first episode and I, all I could think about or one of the things that I was thinking about was. I was like, oh, okay. So this is where they put in all the stuff that they wanted to put in into that uh, the um, Benioff and Weiss show that was so <laughs> ill-advised. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. They wanted to do like the alternate history where um, where what had happened? It was like, like was the, the South, South won the war. The South civil won war? the Civil War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a real so they, they, stupid they were, idea. They're just kind of like putting some of this, but they were, so some of those thematics that that show was probably in, you know playing intended with. on playing around with are here in this first episode a little bit. Just interesting stuff. How nuanced was it to have like, I thought it was such a nice little sly critique that the that the member of the 7th Cavalry that gets pulled over who is clearly like a, you know, a bigot and a racist. Oh, yeah. 
what's he listening to? Like he's Rap bumping music. future. Right. Like that's yeah. such a good that's such mm-hmm. a that is such a subtle critique of the way that that like white people in general basically kind of adopt black culture mm-hmm. and then don't really pay full respect to it. And, 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 and in some cases adopt it and then, you know, are the actual are actively trying to are, are actively racist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's just it's super fucking ridiculous. Absolutely. Um, but I thought that was just a nice thought that was a, an, an interesting that play tense. there. Uh, it was very tense. tense. Release the weapon. Nope. Fucking panda, bro. Yeah, it was. It, it, I, I, I was all. I was very into this. I liked it a lot. Good. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm still curious as to like. All right, so we've got Seventh Cavalry, which is basically like our KKK. Yeah, and they're all Rorschach mask wearing guys. They wear. Yeah, and the so the 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 implication there is like it in Watchmen, the graphic novel. Rorschach is like he leans like really hard into this kind of idealistic far right sense of morality. Okay. And he publishes all of in and at the end he like publishes all of it in like these weird, you know, extremist diaries that Which he's kept. Which is the premise for the Watchmen movie, right? Mike, is it it's Rorschach's diary or journal? Not necessarily. At the end of the movie when he dies, you realize that he has shipped his diary to this right wing like 1980s Breitbart publication. Yeah. Okay. And then like they far publish right it. magazine. Yeah, this far right magazine. And I guess the idea in the show is that these right wing extremists has have t- run with that. Taken that as their yes. Bible, but really that ba- hilariously bastardizes genius. it. But you're right, Barrett. It's interesting how they, um, how this group on the show is contorting. Uh, I mean, he was kind of a right wing extremist, but he was also very obsessed with law and order. Yes. Yeah. And there's some good to that as seen in the comic and the movie. And I think you're seeing a split version of Rorschach here. You're seeing the harmful elements, which are in the um, um, the Seventh Cavalry. And you're seeing the more interesting law and order abiding positive elements, which I think are in the mirror mask character. Yeah, the mirror mask character. Or uh, Looking Glass is his name. Looking Glass. He has a mirror mask. Who clearly seems to be like like there's there is a relationship between him and Rorschach because that mask, yeah. as it reflects, like looks like the Rorschach mask. I almost thought that they had resurrected the Rorschach character in a different form for a few minutes. Right, I, I think was that's like, intentional. Whoa, is this Rorschach 2.0? Because yeah. he, he's a very similarly built, mm-hmm. grungy, or not grungy, mangy mm-hmm. looking yeah. is the word. And he I'm hangs out for. with his mask kind of over his yeah. mouth a lot like Rorschach did. Yeah, yeah dude, I, that guy though, that was tight. And that interview scene yeah. was fucking tight. Yeah, that but, was very but, but that's that's the implication. Rorschach himself was not, was not that was not a member of like the KKK or anything. No, it's one of no. those situations where they've adopted his, which happens works all the time, and like basically, like Mike said, bastardized it. They make them f- and use them for their own purposes. Yeah, and they've they've now used it as like a radicalizing text, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Robert Redford's been president for three decades. Doctor Manhattan is on Mars. Rorschach has become a symbol for a white supremacist terrorist organization. <laughs> uh, there a lot going on. In, in this first episode, and as you said, it's like, it'll be, <clears throat> Mike, I guess, where, give us a little bit of where you think it's going from here. Like, what's what do you think this season attacks in terms of what's the big picture? I think um, there is going to be a, a we're going to find out where some of the characters who are left alive in the comic are and how they're woven into the present day, which I think will be interesting. But 
I know that David Damon Lindelof is interested in updating the text, and because the original Watchmen was all about the social issues and the existential issues that were plaguing, that was plaguing the world at at that time. Okay. So now, which was like mid nineteen or early nineteen eighties, early nineteen eighties, yeah. uh, you know, the Cold War, right? Much, and right. The, the anxiety about the bomb going off, right? And there's a lot. I, I love that the, mm-hmm. that feel that they've t- even in the movie, right? Like, yeah, I oh, read for the graphic sure. novels, but in the movie, you have that yeah. that nuclear holocaust fear feeling, right? Always, and then it obviously uh, progresses. Yeah, and one of the, in my opinion, one of the failings of the movie is that they didn't update those themes to the modern day. So what they're doing now is updating those things to the uh. modern day because think about Amer- America. What plagues us? It's this cultural divide yeah. that is. Ruining our country, pretty much. The race war. <laughs> kind of. I'm just kidding. Race. <laughs> race war! I hope you watch South Park, or else it just sounds like now I'm a racist, <coughs> which I'm not. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, race war! Race war! Race war! <laughs> yeah. No, dude, this is uh, this is going to be this is gonna be tight. Now, obviously, if, if you can't tell, we have a Watchmen expert uh, that, that Barrett and I get to work with every day, so now it's, it's going to be easy for us to get cool insights from Mike as well, and then go listen to Who Pods the Watchmen if you want to hear much more detailed uh, dorky and in-depth analysis of <laughs> of, uh, of Watchmen. Indeed, I, I'm a producer on that show. Uh, mainly Grant runs it. Oh with, shit! Uh, okay, with Clay. But I, I do pop on there every now and then. Oh, and it's a great show. You should pop on more. I will, Mike. That's just my advice. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything I say. Really, I'll do whatever you say. Uh, what else, Barrett? Watchmen closing thoughts. Um, stoked yeah, for the show. Obviously, yeah. Really, just uh, again, I, I like what they're doing. I like what they're playing around with. Do you uh, question? Do you think that? Um, the old fellow in the in the wheelchair, is he the one that killed the cop? You mean Black Brand? Black Brand. He does ask her, do you think I, you think lift I can lift 200 pounds? pounds yeah, that, that seemed like an implication, but then also now, I the, feel like there's got to be something no, no, more no. there. He asked her that so that when she finds him by the tree, she will know he didn't do this. Well, right? we, we have a theory that, well, I think it's pretty clear that that's Louis Gossett Jr., the actor from Iron Eagle. Those Iron Eagle movies in the eighties. Okay, we have a theory that he's actually the little boy at the beginning. Right. Well, yes. Yeah, he he is. He has a note. He has the same mole. Yeah, yeah. But you see how he's dressed in purple a lot, and at the end, in the last scene, he he's even like wearing a like he has a hoodie on. There is this character in the original Watchmen comic named Hooded Justice. Oh. Um, who was one of the first superheroes that kicked off this vigilante wave that, oh, cr- shit, okay. that inspired the characters from the Watchmen comic. So we think he is the Hooded Justice. It'd be interesting. interesting. Maybe we'll get a flashback of him being the Hooded Justice right. and then becoming paralyzed or whatever happens to him to get him to the point that he is now. But he's clearly yeah. going to be the almost instigating force that takes uh, Regina, mm-hmm. Regina George, Sister Knight, Regina George, uh, takes her character forward into what are we going to do here? Potentially. I also maybe think that Don Johnson's character was low-key the head of the 7th Cavalry. Yeah, that seems like that. That there's yeah. some definitely some tones. And Is that's why Don this... Johnson played the head of the 7th Cavalry in literally the last Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movie that covered this type of shit, Django Unchained? Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Don Johnson was the guy yeah. on horseback. The, the fucking scene with the masks. How fuck, right. Dude, oh, my God. The connections yeah. here. Uh, the, who was it whose wife he's like my wife spent hours making these goddamn masks you're all that's ungrateful right. sons of bitches I'm out of here that's right Dude, that movie was phenomenal yeah uh, but that that definitely seems to be the uh, where they're kind of like pushing you is that he was he, oh. he's involved in 7th K somehow. shit okay yeah okay yeah fuck man now I'm excited for Sunday in episode 2 yeah it's it's uh, oh, just to how many episodes we, we got in the season by the way I think it's 9 
Nine. Yeah, nine. I think so. Nine. Um, the we we are. It, it does look like that. There's been some um some brief glimpses on TV screens and on like a big blimp hanging in the sky that's like promoting the show within the show American Hero Story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be. They're going to use that. I think to like kind of. Up, bring us up to date on some of those characters that are still alive from the with the actual comic. Watchmen. Yeah, that's going to be like, hey, people who didn't watch, who didn't read the comic or watch the movie, like this is how the show is going to give you the backstory. Mike, do you like the setup? Just one episode in. Yeah, are you stoked I, about the opportunity? I think it's great. I was I was extremely on edge the entire time. I was because you were gripped. worried. No, you, no, because you were enjoying it. I was enjoying it. I was gripped. I thought I you meant it, like because you thought they were about to shit the bed at any moment. No, the I, whole fucking what, thing will be ruined. What I wanted here was just a complete departure from the source ma- source material. And you got that, and I got that. I wanted it to be updated. I wanted it to be a Damon Lindelof show because yeah. I'm a bigger fan of Lindelof than I am of Watchmen, and that's that's what I'm getting. Lindelof, God, how long ago was Lost? Have we gotten far enough away from Lost to where we know there will be a definitive ending and things happening in this show that <laughs> yeah, we can because understand? He, yeah, because he already reacted to the criticisms of Lost with the way that he ended the left. Well, and you know what he said about yes. Watchmen. Thank you. Yes. Uh, he said that we only have one season mapped out, and if this ends up being a miniseries, then it's going to be a miniseries. It has a definitive ending. No shit. But HBO's like, well, the ratings are great. good. Yeah. HBO's like, if the ratings are good, we'll keep it going. But Lindelof's like, no, I got one season. Yeah, and HBO is also pretty cool about being like, I feel like they don't fuck with people like that. The they ratings were good, though. They were, oh. Yeah, like one and a half million to open. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they so were good. So better than Succession or Euphoria yeah. or Righteous Gemstones. Right on. Yeah, fuck. Well, excited to talk more about that in the future, and uh, that'll do it for today's episode of OCC. Huge thanks to our sponsors again for supporting the show. Make sure you support them to support us. If for some reason you don't need the greatest products known to man, which are brought to you by the sponsors of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, then you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash oysters, clams, cockles. This is the only place that you can get more OCC other than right here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud, wherever you're listening. By the way, if you would and you never have, rate and review. If you love OCC, rate and review wherever you listen, even if there's not a rating review system. Find a way. Hack it. Patreon.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles for more ad-free, premium, and exclusive OCC each month. Movie Club, Righteous Gemstones, Fleabag, Hotline Call Extravaganza, all that good shit from October is available right now, and then we have good stuff coming in September as well. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. We're on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. My name is Ross Bolin, and you can follow me everywhere at W-R-B-O-L-E-N. On Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. I'm also on twitch.tv slash B-O-S-S-R-O-L-E-N. Twitch.tv slash Boss Roland, which is we're going to be doing uh, some live broadcasts of this very podcast on that Twitch feed in the coming uh, coming weeks. What else? Oh, the Ross Boland podcast. You can listen to anywhere that OCC is available. It's humor, comedy, mental health, life, addiction, substance abuse, animals, pirates, all kinds of good stuff that we talk about on RVP. It's very fun. Go and listen. Barrett, where can we follow you on social media and hear more of your lovely voice? Uh, you can follow me at Barrett Dudley on Instagram and Twitter. And then check out the Club Cool podcast on this week's episode. I told Phil about my New York City trip. So, uh, you know, maybe not the best one to just to just jump in and start with. Why not? Because... Because everybody wants to hear what you did in New York. Because you got it. Because it's like, it's... You need to know 
Well, yeah. If you want to hear what no. I, if you want to no. hear, if you want to hear what I did, I think that's interesting. I don't know what you did, and now I'm going to go listen because I want to know. And I feel like that'll be the same thing for people who listen. We've to just this show. we've got some takes on Brooklyn and some some recommendations and some just some some thoughts. Just overall, just it's just a bunch of hot thoughts over there on on uh, Club oh, Cool. Sexy thoughts. So, uh, and you can uh, follow it on Instagram at Club Cool Pod as well if you uh, if you wish. And um, hey, go tell one, go tell one person about oysters, clams, and cockles, aka Oyster Clamco. Yeah, aka and four more people. Aka the people that are watching the Watchmen. We are the people that are watching the Watchmen. We're not. We're not who pods the Watchmen. That's <laughs> we're Mike. not. Yeah, we're just watching it. We will discuss the independently Watchmen. of Mike, and then asking him for his insights so that we don't sound definitely, stupid. definitely. This was. I'm. St- I'm very, very glad to know that Mike is. Uh, Mike's our Watchmen guy. He's a wealth. Look, of, he's a wealth of knowledge over look, there. The man. fucking graphic novels, two feet away from my head as I speak. <laughs> Do you, you want to know something funny? You want to know something funny real quick? Do you know when I read Watchmen? It was on one of our yacht trips. Holy shit! You know what's funny? Which is, is the, which I, is the I most actually, bougie thing that I'll say all day. But um, <laughs> hey, by the way, just to, to to be clear, neither Barrett or I, in any way, shape, or form, has access to a yacht. Uh, we did want. We did at one friend. point in, in our lives. Our friend had a yacht, and she was kind enough to invite us on it a couple times in high school. So we got to live the yacht life. But you know what's funny is I actually remember seeing you reading that and yeah. being like, "Fucking dork." <laughs> I read The Watchmen in my one bedroom apartment in college. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, that's you know I need to read it again because I don't I didn't have the I didn't have the uh, you know the the. The worldview, the the nuanced worldview that I have now. Barrett, you weren't nearly as woke. I was not nearly as woke, yeah. I'm so fucking awake that I'm half asleep. <laughs> let's let's get the hell out of here. All Thank right. you all. Great show. We only kept Mike here like an hour longer than we were supposed to. Adios, muchachos. Adios.